my first day in Perth. This will be interesting. Um, it's hard to know where to start. Coming to Perth was a big eye-opener for me. It really changed my perspective and my attitude to life. Um, people may not believe it, but I was a very shy and somewhat reserved person before coming to Australia. So for me, coming to Perth was, was like an unfolding of a new character because there's a lot of things I wanted to achieve or do in life, but I was always too scared. All because I thought people would judge me, and because you know when you grow up in high school and you know there's popular cliques or unpopular cliques, I was neither of both. I was just used to somewhere floating between. But there's always that judgment of if I do this, I'll be judged, or so and so will talk about me. But now that I was coming to Australia, where nobody knows who the hell I am, I had this chip on my shoulder that you know I could do anything here, and get away with it and i don't mean crime but just do silly things or, or do or take risks and not have that judgment of oh what the hell are you doing you know and or who do you think you are because well nobody knows who i am anyway that's a prologue so coming to perth was um uh i came with a group of people we're all kenyan students who had registered with this agency that helped Kenyan students get into Australian universities. So we were about 10 or 12 in my group, and we all came to Perth at the same time on, on the same flight, stopping via Mauritius for two nights, <laughs> which in itself was a recipe for disaster when you put you know, 10 or 12, 20-something-year-olds, or 21, yeah, 19 to 20-year-olds on the same flight and give them total freedom and, you know, some money from their parents to survive the first couple of weeks. It pretty much was a party in Mauritius for two nights. I wouldn't go into that story, um, but all I can say is we ended up leaving a four-wheel drive on the beach, stuck, and it had to be towed. Um, and, yeah, that's just how, how, how random things got. Um, anyway, so <laughs> next following night or following day, I land in Perth, <coughs> and I'm like, you know, let's see what this this city has to offer. Perth was really small and quiet those days, but for me it was like, ooh, freedom, something different, something new. Um, you know, and um, I'd, I've been overseas, but I'd never been overseas as an adult, really, so this was probably the first time to see a whole new world. So I landed in Perth, that was June of 2001, and meaning it was winter, and... Uh, I just remember getting off the plane and I was like, whoa. Actually, no. I didn't actually feel the cold when I got off the plane because they had the bridge straight into the airport. So I, was, I got into the airport. Everything's going good. And then you get to the place where you wait to be picked up. <clears throat> now, a lot of other unis, Murdoch, I was going to cut in, Murdoch, UWA, they had all these signs of you know, people you know, with their names scribbled on a board. And you knew, oh, yes, these guys have come to pick me up. All good. Let's go. And because I was part of this group, I also assumed I'd be picked up. So, uh, like I said, we were about 12. No, no lie about this, but out of the 12, everyone got picked up except me and a friend of mine called Nelly. Um, they, either they were picked up by individuals or they, were, they had made arrangements with the university 
we also assumed we'd be picked up by the university, but there was no sign with our name on it. And you know, as the crowd grows smaller and smaller, it reached a point where it was just me and her in the airport terminal and, and the information desk. So we're like, you know, no one's picking us up. And this, is, this, is, this, is, this is messed up. So we decided we're just going to have to fend for ourselves. In a town where I know nobody and the few people I came on the flight with have been you know, sorted out by relatives or friends or, or the university, but the agency, they still owe me for this. Auzi, Mahu, wherever you are, you owe, you owe me for this. Anyway, we were stranded. So I told Nelly, we're just going to have to take a taxi and find a hotel or a lodge where we can stay until we start our induction for uni the next day. So it was more of let's survive this first night in a foreign town. So um, I got to the information desk, and he says, the best thing you can do is catch the bus or a shuttle into the city. Um, and once you get the city, you can find a lodge to stay. So we bought a shuttle ticket, go outside, and as those automatic doors open, that's when the winter hit me. And I was like, what the hell? Because <laughs> um, until then, I didn't actually felt any of the outside weather. So the doors open, and I was like, whoa. I mean, I know, I know cold. Because despite what people may think, you know, Kenya has its winter, but not cold like this. So ah, I just put on a little jumper and you know, held tight and walked to the shuttle with Nelly, both shivering. And then asked the shuttle guy, where can you take us, where we can stay for cheap? We're just students and we haven't been picked up. We need a place to survive the night. And he said, oh, probably the backpackers, Northbridge backpackers. And to me, I didn't, even, I didn't know what Northbridge was. Uh, and I hadn't really heard about backpackers. I'd heard of lodges and, and you know, hostels, but the whole concept of backpacking it, it was still quite foreign to me. So backpackers, I was like, okay, um, I'm guessing some sort of lodge or hostel, and it's in some place north of the bridge, <laughs> basically from what he said. So anyway, he jumped on the shuttle, and yeah, he said, I'll drop you off at North Bridge. Don't worry, I'll drop you at the backpackers. I think he just felt sorry for us. He knew we were lost. Poor international students as we were at that time. So we head off. Um, and we're just, you know, happy to at least have some sort of direction. And we head off, and as we get into, well, at first, you know, just enjoying the city lights, and, you know, it's a new city, it's, you're, you're overseas at that age by yourself, you're like, you know, this is all exciting. And we get into Northbridge, I believe it was a Friday night, um, or maybe a Sunday night, I can't, probably a Sunday, because the next day was induction. And we get into Northbridge, and what amazed me was how much life was still going on. Because Sunday, well, back in 2001, Sunday in Nairobi, Kenya, would be really quiet. Because, you know, Sunday was church day and pretty much stay at home. Well, here things were, you know, lots was open and, you know, there were bars and pubs and I could hear concert music or band music from some of the bars playing and, you know, the streetlights were, you know, fully on. Remember, this was Northbridge, but to me, I was wondering, like, wow, this city is still up and awake at this time. And more, more amusing enough was, like, you know, you look out and you see, you know, there's lots of people walking up and down. People are drinking. Um, there's music playing. And there's girls in, like, miniskirts, halfway, you know, like, to the thigh. And I'm, like, I, I'm still shivering in this bus with my jacket and my full trousers on and, you know, girls in short black miniskirts walking around in high heels. And I'm like, don't they, don't they feel the cold? That's all I could think of in my young, innocent brain. Anyway, and uh, 
and Nelly was just as amused as me. So anyway, we, we drive through the streets and it was just entertaining looking at all the craziness going on in North Bridge, as they call it. Um, and I was like, wow, this is Perth, this is quite, you know, people say it's a small town, but whoa, this is, this is living, you know, we're in, the, <laughs> we're in the heart of the party. So we drive through North Bridge and eventually he stops someone and says, okay, get out, this is the backpackers right over there. And me and her get off with our luggage, trolling our luggage into the hostel. And we try and check in, you know, with the little ID we had, which was pretty much just, you know, your passport. And, um, and the guy says, okay, here are your keys and your rooms are such and such. When you're done, come down, there's a recreation room where people hang out and, you know, you can have tea, coffee, play pool. And I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. So we leave our things and I was like, you know, it's our first night in Perth. Let's go see what this city has to offer. So me and Nelly head down to the recreation room. And this is why um, <laughs> I love backpackers till today. In that recreation room was all sorts of people. And for someone who had not been overseas that often, this was like a mesh or mosh pit of, of you know, the United Nations of young hipster people coming together. I believe there was an, I remember there was one Irish guy, one, one Scottish, and I think, and, and an American, and you, the American you could hear her from, from the stairs, and I don't know what she was on about, something about doing Jaeger bombs or something, um, and so I get down and the Irish and Scottish guy are just cussing each other out, but for me, not that trouble, the accents just flew past me, all I had was a few things about, you know, your mother, something, something cussing each other out, just, just, just having, you know, having a go at each other, you know, friendly. So. But to, to, to someone not travel, it's like, wow, this is, this is, there's a lot going on here. So I sit down, and the Irish and Scottish guy finish playing pool, and then they come sit down, they introduce themselves, they say, where are you from? And I say, Kenya. And um, the, uh, there was also a few um, Aussies as well in that, and they'd look at me and say, where? And I'd say, Kenya. And I could tell they had no idea where that was. So I'd say East Africa. And they'd be like, oh, Africa. They, they at least know what that is. But I'm pretty sure they thought it was just a, one country. And I was like, yeah, yeah, East Africa, Africa, whatever. And they're like, yeah, come, welcome on, you know. Welcome aboard, you know. We are having a few drinks. And, uh, and um, yeah, if we're going to head off to, um, we're going to head off to the church later. Now, that that took me back because I had no idea what when he said the church I was like ah, it sounds silly but in my head I was like is there, is there an evening service this late that that happens with the church and he's like what and I said you mean church I was like no 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 it's a, it's, a, it's a club and I'm like oh wow okay okay that's okay you know whatever goes yeah I'll 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 join you guys a bit later then he told me where the directions were and I was like okay that's fine. Right now, I just wanted to calm down, have a beer, or, or have, a, have a drink, because at that time, I actually didn't even drink. Um, so I just, I just had like a, a soda from the vending machine. We played pool, and then once we got bored of that, I was like, I told Nelly, let's go check out this place called the church, because apparently it was the only place open on a Sunday, ironically, even though it was midnight at that time. <laughs> so we head off, <laughs> and we go down to... We're given directions by the concierge of the backpackers. And so we walked down. It wasn't far. And I was like, oh, this is really convenient. We're just walking distance from the club. And I walk in, and the church, the church, and remember, this is naive eyes. The church was a really dimly lit club. And all I remember is 
the bouncer, um, <clears throat> uh, who, uh, who I believe was a guy in full makeup, and 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 and, but so uh, he, yeah, in full makeup and what seemed like a dress, and and that struck me as odd. And at first I thought she was just a really masculine woman. But then I was like, uh, I think that's a guy. But then again, I didn't want, not the time to ask questions. Should we showed our passports and we walked in. And I just put it to like, you know, maybe some masculine woman and she has a beard problem, whatever. So we walk in and then we sit down. As we were walking to the bar, um, Nelly went to sit down at one of the lounge chairs. And I was like, cool, I'll get us, I'll get us drinks. And as I'm getting to the bar, I notice all the bartenders have no shirts on, and yeah, they're all half naked. And I'm like, wow, this is a real party type of bar. Um, so, um, but anyway, you know, <laughs> you know, do as the Romans do. So I remember ordering, I think, a, a, you know, like a Jackson Coke and, and a vodka Sprite for Nelly. <clears throat> and I grabbed the drinks, and then I head back to the booth where she was seated. And then I sit down, and we're just like, we're so busy, just people watching, because there's so much to take in for your first night in Perth. And as, as my eyes get accustomed to the lighting, I start to look around, and then I see that, um, oh, I noticed this guy sitting down further from us, and he had this uh, lady sitting on his lap, and they were, you know, they were kissing or making out. Um, but then, as I looked closer at who I thought was a guy, I just, <laughs> you know, when things hit your mind slowly, I realize it's just actually another woman, but dressed as a guy and, you know, full suit pants and, you know, <laughs> and waistcoat. And uh, yeah, and he was playing the guy in the relationship. And now, keep in mind, I had not been used to uh, single sex relationships. At that time in 2001, Kenya, it was quite a hidden thing. That, I'm not saying it didn't exist, but it was a very hidden thing. So to see it so plainly now, when my eyes got accustomed, and once I noticed, oh, and I told Nelly, oh, I think that's actually a, um, another woman sitting with a woman and making out, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I guess so. And then now once we noticed that, we started to look around, and then I'm like, oh, the guy leaning and talking to the other guy in the corner of the bathroom are not, are not just friends. They actually are getting quite close as well. And then I come to realize that pretty much, 90% of the couples in that club were gay, you know, either, either lesbian or, or gay. And, um, yeah, so, and, and for some reason, because it hits you so in your face, we, we just like, okay, let's just finish our drink and head, and head back to the hostel. Because I was like, first night you've been sent here to study, you're meant to focus, <laughs> you're in an you know, overseas land where you know nobody. So we pretty much finished our drinks really quick. And headed back to the hostel and like, yeah, I think that's good enough for a Sunday night. Let's let's call it a day. So yeah, that was a quiet walk, but we're kind of laughing, but like, wow, this this place is crazy. Keep in mind, this is the first club we've been to after landing in Perth at the age of you know 19, 20, 20 years ago. So um, yeah, it was quite the eye opener. Um, anyway, we walk back, we crash. Next day, a friend of mine called Kevin was kind enough to come pick us and drive us to uni where we then, um, you know, took our, you know, went to kind of book in with the uni and with our papers and register ourselves for, for, for induction. 
Um, and funny enough, it was called the International Office at, at Curtin University. And at that point is why I bumped into someone who is now one of my longer-term friends. Um, <clears throat> and, and he also knew two other people who became really good friends with me. But that's another tangent of a story. Um, anyway, so we registered for uni, and, and then Kevin was kind enough to drive me around to try and look for housing um, initially. And he gave me all the advice and mentorship that, you know, you shouldn't stay at the uni because it's a rip-off. They charge you a lot. You get a really small room. Stay in a residential house. And I, and I figured, how does Kevin know all these things? But he had been also coached by other people who had been there before us and had lived there for about a year. So I ended up being, long story short, end up getting a house not too far from the university um, on a place called Garvey Street in Waterford. Um, and uh, that was an interesting house. It was two houses in one compound, each with eight bedrooms, four upstairs, four downstairs. And my first week in that house was, was, was actually quite hilarious. I had, I had housemates from all over the world, one Malaysian, one Sri Lankan, one American postgraduate student, uh, two, two Indian students, myself, uh, a Chinese lady. Um, and then in the other house, was quite a few Asian students and another and a Nigerian who's now an MC currently in Perth. <laughs> and anyway, that remember we're 16 in a compound and so it was real international student living. But I want to leave that first week in Perth for another podcast. This was just the whole entrance to Perth um, that I'm trying to um, play for your imagination. So, but for me, I think yeah, it was just really. Quite, a, quite an introduction when your first night in Perth is straight into the Northbridge backpackers. Um, but yeah, that's just a, a little bite. Um, next week I'll, I'll, I'll talk a bit more about my actual first week in Perth and how, how the dynamic shifted, and we'll go from there. Thanks for listening. <laughs>